Hello, I am Joe Rycroft. And I'm Adam Hewitt. Welcome to the Exercise Right podcast, the show where we delve deep into the world of exercise, rehabilitation, and wellness. A fun, non drab approach where Adam and I will be talking about all things exercise, physiology, health, and rehabilitation, whilst debunking myths, making some complex science a lot more simple, and giving you some tips and tricks to improve your health and well being. Each week, we will host guest speakers who are experts in their field and hear from you, the listener, to answer any of your questions. We are back. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that response was way more, way less like, I reckon I went big and you were like very conservative. Hey, 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 yeah, I'm not bothered to try to chill me. I'm breathing. Season four, let's go. <laughs> That's better. Thank you very much. <laughs> Season four. I mean, who, who'd have thought it, Ad? Season four. Who would have bloody thought it? And we are now closing into our 50th episode shortly i think we'll complete Ooh. it on the 40th yeah, of the season so um That's we'll try lot. and count this time i did find it quite funny that last season we couldn't count to 10 my yeah so my clients are all, gonna lo- are all gonna love that because they're like bloody hell joe you can't count Always it's an industry rest. thing it's an industry thing no one in the industry can count <laughs> no um, it's a very apt apt uh, little summary from you there ads i am absolutely buzzing for this series we have got people with titles after their names joining we like us a, we do like a title we have international athletes of extremely high caliber we have potential for james benson part three hey. and his finishing of his monumental forty-three thousand kilometer journey who else do, do might we have oh do just you, to chuck I... a couple of teasers Man, I really, enjoy, I really enjoy doing this because Joe now. So, what Joe does, Joe knows it because she's seen the calendar, and then she has a complete panic and goes, "I don't know the answer." Ah, <laughs> we have all of the above of what you've just mentioned, and some more exciting guests is going to be my answer to that one. No, I am genuine. I've we have um we have got a a full calendar for season four. Yeah. It's it's very exciting in itself. Um, we're gonna dip. We're gonna dip into psychology, and we're gonna hopefully dip in a little bit more into nutrition specifically as well. Oh, yes, so yeah. some we, we're broadening our horizons um but yeah. yeah i'm absolutely buzzing for this it's going to be a good one um and we're going to push on to well through christmas we might have a slight pause during the christmas period because let's face it no one's going to listen to the podcast anyway um <laughs> someone might be, might be, might be going on holiday <laughs> <laughs> someone might be disappearing and leaving me for three weeks <laughs> Which is but we won't frank- mention that frankly i don't know how that got authorised via HR. So (laughs) (laughs) that's not in the contract that we don't have and we haven't agreed on. I know. (laughs) Who have we got today, Joe? Who do we have lined up to kick off our season four? Today we have, well, what most people will know as Get Me Back. That's it. Yeah. Get Me Back. Do we give them a a clue or do do we leave them guessing on what Get Me Back? I think we, I think we leave them guessing. Sure. Very good journey and story here and a a, a one that's gonna i think sort of set the tone for season four nicely well let's go let's do it hello and welcome to another episode of the exercise right podcast uh, we are absolutely delighted today to have sarah newman um sarah is an exercise and cancer rehab specialist and has founded a company called get me back um, very much akin to our industry and we're just very very happy to have you on so thank you so much Sarah for affording the time first and foremost 
straight after cubs with your kids and dump jumping onto the podcast so we appreciate you running through the door and doing it um but welcome welcome to the exercise right thank podcast. you thank you for having me and uh well adam you're kind of my inspiration as to how i got here as well because uh, we met a long time ago pre anything that i decided to do cancer and exercise wise and i came and saw you with a, a friend of mine um and just was quite inspired by what you did and it really kind of inspired me to think about what i did after my own cancer diagnosis so uh, it feels like this is a full circle now it's brilliant oh god i don't think i've ever been anyone's inspiration before <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> so this that's without me wanting to have too much attention on myself but let's deep dive into that because what was your journey how did we meet and and talk us through that that process because that you know it's pretty amazing well, um, I had a bit of a turbulent journey, shall we say, um, back in 2018. Um, I was 34. Um, I had a son who was two and a bit. And um, I'd fallen pregnant very quickly with our second, um, it turned out to be a boy. Um, and everything was kind of going okay. Um, I'd known that I'd had a few problems with my previous pregnancy. So everything that I was experiencing, which was slightly symptomatic, seemed quite normal. And I kept going in and out of hospital and going, I'm not sure this is right. And it was quite early on. Um, and anyway, to cut a long story short, time number five coming into um, the antenatal clinic. And one of the trainee doctors took a look and said, yeah, something's not right there. Um, and then at four o'clock in the morning, there were uh, biopsies being taken and not very pleasant experiences happening. Um, and we waited a full week for the results. Um, and I was diagnosed at my 20 week scan, actually, with um, cervical cancer in pregnancy. So um, a pretty horrific diagnosis and um, a treatment plan that was a real kind of experimental options versus sure options. Which way do you go? Um, and it was an option of uh, continuing the pregnancy, which at that stage, according to them, was quite early um, or terminating a pregnancy to receive um, kind of mainstream treatment, which was a combination of, of chemotherapy and radiotherapy um, and another round of internal radiotherapy. So unfortunately, um, with a little one at home at two and a half at that point, um, the decision was made, a very impossible decision that I would never wish upon anybody, that we would um, we would terminate and um, receive the treatment that I needed to cure my cancer, which at that stage was a fairly decent sized tumour being fed pretty much by the blood supply down to baby um, in my uterus. So um, it was a pretty bad three months. Um, so straight from that, I think about five days later, um, I was into chemo um, and I did nine rounds of chemo every week. And after about four of those, um, went into a radiotherapy addition every single weekday. So I was receiving both um, on a Tuesday and then radiotherapy every other weekday as well. Um, felt pretty rough uh, and being quite an active person naturally. And I'd run all the way up until that point when they almost diagnosed me. Um, I felt really lost without exercise because it really felt like it was my control and my um, freedom, I suppose. So that, those two words feel quite opposite, but at the same time, it was it was it helped me in both of those ways. 
Um, and so I, I went through those three months of treatment and felt so rubbish by the end that I literally could not move. I couldn't get out of bed and emotionally was pretty drained as well. Um, and then as I started to feel better um, when my treatment had finished, I started to rediscover movement and it was really gentle exercise. I've never been a huge fan of yoga, but I started to do yoga and it was amazing. It was the breath work. It was the kind of mindfulness element of it. And then just starting to move my body and I'd feel really energized afterwards. I thought this feels good. Um, and then as I started to feel stronger, I, I did a little bit more. I wanted to be outside. So I found um, some antenatal um, exercise classes because I figured given what had happened to me or postnatal, what had happened to me was quite similar obviously not a good setting for somebody who had 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 lost a baby so I thought this can't be the only thing available to me there must be more and so I looked into you know how you became a cancer and exercise specialist and part of that actual research was was meeting Adam as well um and uh, I realized this was something that I could do I, I had a science degree um I was always really into sport and I loved the way that you could apply movement as medicine um and so I went straight into doing my um level two and level three PT diploma pretty much in my sick leave um in the January following um and qualified to be a PT pretty much as I was due to go back to my old job um in London and I had no idea what I was going to do at that point I was kind of a little bit like oh uh I want to do both of these things and then coincidentally was made redundant and that was it that was like right okay this is it now I've got to go straight into this um and get me back was born um and as a general at that point PT I wanted to support people for health reasons um whilst I did my qualifications to get me to that level of cancer and exercise specialist um so that that's how get me back started um a pretty horrific experience that I wanted to turn around and apply all of that kind of passion and um, support to to other people who needed needed the help. What an incredible story. I mean, I didn't know the ins and outs of that. I just know what, I guess, what other people know from doing a little bit of reading online. And that is incredibly powerful story. And I, I think the thing that stands out for me is now you've experienced, the experience that you've gone to, obviously you've turned that into something incredibly positive but you're working with people that are probably going through experiences that have some crossover and similarities to what you went through. And that must be incredibly special in terms of building those relationships. So talk to us about the type of people that you now work with. Now you are working as a cancer exercise specialist. Um, so I tend to work with a lot of people who were in a similar situation to me. They were, you know, in their 30s, 40s, sometimes 50s, 60s, they're active people and they just find themselves a bit lost when it when they get their diagnosis. They panic, they don't know what to do, they don't know what's safe. That's exactly how I felt. I didn't know what whether I was doing things that I was going to hurt myself um, or benefit myself. And because I'd exercised before, I kind of trusted my gut but I really could have done with a little bit of guidance. Um, and so that's how I am kind of, I'm applying my own personal experience to other people that I meet. Some people are coming through that have never done 
have never been huge exercisers. They might have done a lot of cardiovascular work, but what I'm tending to work with people more on is strength and mobility, um, building up their balance, um, but challenging them to a level that they feel, oh yeah, I've done a workout. I feel good, but I don't feel terrible. And I feel that I'm in safe hands and I trust this person that's training me because I know she's got the right qualifications. So I want people to feel safe but I want people to feel like they're able to push their bodies again because it's quite a difficult thing to do when you lose so much trust in in your body when you have an illness that you become a little bit scared on how to use it again. So it's just almost like reteaching them how to move and how to use their bodies and and allowing them and giving them permission to to push themselves a little bit as well. And with with your experience. Do you think this is potentially a really stupid question? Because I think I know the answer anyway, but does it add to how you go about your your exercise programming? Do you you must have that, you know, because you've experienced it, because you've gone through treatment, rather than feeling empathetic towards it, you can have that you actually know how people are going through it. Has that helped? the accuracy of how you prescribe exercise and with that in mind, because, you know, we can't do that our side because we haven't gone through chemotherapy. We haven't gone really through radiotherapy. What advice would you say that has been that bit that maybe the courses didn't teach you and actually that you brought with your experience and you can add that extra specialism to? It's a great question. Um, I mean, I think, Everybody has a different experience um, and I will I will never try and pretend that I know how one individual is feeling. I can try and relate to how they're feeling, um, particularly during treatment. Um, for me, when I started to move, um, I did I did run during those first stages of chemotherapy. But what I noticed was um, if you've ever done a long run or a long workout and there's that kind of wall that they talk about, you know, when you're running a marathon, you hit the wall that wall comes so quickly it smacks you in the face and knocks you out um it's like it, it's horrible and it doesn't give you any warning so i i kind of have to keep an eye on those people particularly that are just coming out of treatment or in treatment that they don't get to that level where they're going to hit that wall and i make sure that i pre-warn them exactly. and that they are aware if they feel any kind of, you know, if those feelings coming where they're actually, you know, so fatigued so quickly that they need to stop, um, that that kind of personal experience is really helpful because I know that was the one thing that I really, really noticed. I think that's that's huge because it's that preemptive almost that you're predicting the future of what the impact of exercise is going to be to then manage the symptoms post exercise before the symptoms have already happened mm. is the most expert way of doing it the art of that is so difficult and that's why i was really interested to have that question because i find that the most difficult thing to do mm. and if i'm frank and honest that's probably where we make the mistakes the most and that our after you know after care if you like is to always reach out to anyone we work with the day after and ask them how they're feeling because we're not that we're asking for that validation of there's yeah, a great workout. I feel brilliant because that's not what it's about. Actually it's about, we need to know how that impact of that exercise has been. So then we can tailor it 
for the next session and plan it. And I would suggest just to give you a big promotion out there that you probably get that much more accurate than most. And mm. I just think that's amazing. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, sometimes it, it's all about communication and you both know that, you know, when you're working with anyone with any kind of condition or, you know, any, any kind at all, it's really important to have that communication because I can't be inside your body. I've already experienced my own cancer journey and know the ins and outs of how I felt at each stage, but that might be different for you. Um, and so the communication is, is really important. And I think you're right, Adam. I think sometimes people aren't quite sure you know why you're asking that question so making sure you 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 know they know the reasons behind doing that um I think one thing that I find really hard I found really hard myself was reining myself in a little bit I was fit before I started and it was like well I, I should be able to do this like I've only been off for a few weeks months whatever it is I used to be able to lift this amount of weight and it was that kind of competing with my pre-cancer self that I very quickly had to like just push to one side and say hang on a sec your body has been through nine rounds of chemotherapy a hell of a lot of radiation you have been ill okay treat it with respect and that is what I try and advise my clients is like it's not that you're not as fit as you were before it's that your body has just been through so much it needs time to recover and you need to treat it with respect so just rein it back in and they hate that some of them hate it but then they see the reaction to the exercise at that lower level and they're like oh I can't feel brilliant today I was actually able to get out of bed and jumped out and I was like okay good well done you know um, that secret nodding <laughs> yeah it's it's so um I think I'm really glad you said that because I think it's often people when they think about um like exercise rehabilitation or prehabilitation they kind of have the assumption that it's always people that are unfit they're not trained they've not done much exercise before but what you're describing there is the other side and it's I think you know all three of us probably work with both extremes where some people it's all about managing expectations reining them in getting that real structure in place and the other side it is that kind of introducing them to the you know idea of exercise and perhaps following a more um stereotypical pathway but yeah um, you know obviously from me you, what you just said is you work with people who have trained and you know who have, have had a good experience of training or exercise in the past but uh how do you kind of educate them on that side of actually this is why we're going to do it this way this is the structure that's going to go in place how how do those kind of conversations play out um some of them do come to me as a result of going back to previous exercise so they've gone back to trainers who or or gyms or classes that they've done before and and panicked um or god forbid had a, like a minor injury but they've just decided that it doesn't work and so then they've been like okay well I need to get specialist help and then you know it's taking it that first session is always a little bit of a feeler session trying to work out and tweak just exactly the right level for them um, and I always find those first few sessions it's either gone a little bit too far or not quite enough and then just finessing that level that prescription um, to make sure that it's right for them um, it it is difficult but they have seen the reason that I'm doing it in most cases um, or they reap the benefits the next day and understand that actually at that level they're going to feel much better um, I think 
it's very frustrating and I totally understand this because it's taken me, I mean, I'm five years post um, finishing my treatment and it's taken me five years really to probably get back to a state where I feel I'm stronger, much stronger than I was before, but cardiovascularly, I'm still, I still struggle to go probably further and in, in long for longer periods of time than I ever did before. So it's, it's sometimes trying to think, okay, what, what are you going to benefit from most after your cancer diagnosis? What's going to help you do all of the things that you want to do for longer? Um, and, and then bring it back to, okay, so to, in order to do this, we need to focus on these areas. And if you're going to go a little bit too overboard, we don't want you to get injured. We don't want you to overdo it. There's a risk of lymphedema. We need to be careful for all of these reasons. So providing those right explanations, giving them those kind of warning um, messages, but not in a scary way, and just telling them why the weight needs to come down, the effort levels need to come down a little bit. But we work back up. Don't get me wrong. These people are stronger than they were pre-cancer. It just takes a little bit longer to get back to it. So, yeah, it's um, a little bit of reining in. And sometimes then pushing a little bit further, because there are some people that come in, you know, at the other end where they're like, I've never done exercise before, but I know it's really good for me. What do I do? And then you start from zero and you persuade them that actually they, they do want to like strength training and it is fun and I'm not going to make it boring for you and <laughs> you will get stronger. So I think it's enjoyment level for people who've never done it before and then just kind of teaching and, and understanding why you're reining other people in, certain people in, for example. For, for me, one of the key phrases when you're talking about cancer rehab is you need to feel energized, not exhausted mm -hmm. post-exercise. And um, that is potentially what, you know, surmising what you said about people want to return really quickly. They want to go back, almost put that to the past of what their experience, their treatment was and go, I'm back now. Can I, go, I just want to get fit. And it's that I actually go about it in a way where I think that the whole of the, the industry of exercise and the way of exercise programming actually could really benefit from just what we do anyway, regardless of it being cancer rehab, regardless of it being specifically clinic, clinical rehab, because the physiology of what we do is, if you liken it to like a HIT or an F45 type style, of the stress levels on your body, brutally honest with you, from a physiological point of view, is only applicable to a very small population out of society. However, they demand that you go from zero to a hundred, you're jumping around, you're doing all this. Actually the way that we prescribe exercise, yes, in a clinical setting, but you've just put it in such a way where it, it almost fits with everybody. Mm. You know, you need to get stronger. Yeah. You're going to get there in the end. We're going to get you stronger than when you started. You're going to get you stronger than how you felt a year ago. That's fine. We're going to do that. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to take it well time with it. We're going to build up your foundations of fitness. On that point, I have a I have a point on the on this. Has your perception of exercise for yourself changed with the diagnosis in 2018 to the treatment you had, and also then almost well not almost but absolutely going down to change your career to to be a specialist? First question is how do you treat your own programming and how mm -hmm. has that changed? And also, you know, how do you take care of yourself now? So 
So um, my own programming is much more steady and consistent. And actually, somebody else has asked me this question today um, in that I I suppose the reason for exercising is the big change. The reason for exercising in my 20s, early 30s was to look good, to lose weight or to keep weight off, to eat what I wanted. And um, I was using it for aesthetic reasons. As soon as my diagnosis hit, I realized that there was a chance that I couldn't exercise. And that really frustrated me. And so that's when I realized that exercise was actually a bit of a gift. And if it was something that I could do, then I was goddamn going to do it. So um, I got myself up to park run after two rounds of chemo. I was like, I am in control of this. Didn't run it again, but I still did it. And um, I was like, I- I'm going to keep this up. So once I got myself um, back into those kind of classes and I started training again, it was just a case of gentle increases. And I, I completely agree with your point, um, Adam. I think the reason that we are not programming the way that we do in cancer rehab in, in general settings is because people are exercising for the wrong reasons. People need to be exercising to live longer, to do things longer, to to cardiovascularly be fitter, have their hearts, lungs, everything stronger, bones stronger for menopause and women. You know, it, all of those reasons are the reasons I now exercise. Um, the weight loss and, and everything else that comes from a, an aesthetic point of view, that's just kind of an added bonus if that does happen. Um, and so that's how my attitude changed. Um, I do less cardiovascular work now in terms of like the, the focus. I'll walk a lot. I've started running a little bit. Um, I don't bike that much anymore, but my focus is on weight training. And that's something that has been very progressive right from the beginning when I was using basically a broomstick um, up on Rygate Hill, watching out over the valley. It was brilliant. Um, But I could barely hold the boxing pads up for more than 30 seconds when I first started. Um, And so to see the difference now in lifting whatever I can above my head, it feels quite significant. Um, And that has taken five years. Um, and it's a steady and it's a gentle increase. And some weeks I have to take it back and some weeks I can't push forward as much as I want to. But it's patience and it's consistency. Every week I turn up, I do at least two sessions in the gym and I feel better mainly mentally for it. Um, and I know that my body benefits from it, too. And I, I had an injury because I went skiing and twisted my knee. But apart from that, I have not been injured in the last five years because I've been consistent, because I've had a steady increase each time, um, and because I've been mixing up the type of exercise I'm doing. Get me back. Mm. What is it for the listeners? Because we know. And how did it begin? What was what was the origins and what did it look like when you, in those opening weeks, and then what does it look like now? So I call Get Me Back, Get Me Back, because it's what exercise did for me. So it got me back, like everything mentally. I'm not saying I'm back to where I was before. I'm back to being me. And it helped me get there. Um, and so Get Me Back has evolved over the last five years. That it's, well, four and a half years that it's been running. Um, it started as kind of one-to-one PT. Um, face to face all outside because I was I just loved being outside and um, so I'd take people out to like muddy fields woodland but they'd love it they'd fall in love with outdoor exercise and then lockdown hit 
And literally overnight, we were like, well, how do we work Zoom then? Um, and I tried to take all of my one-to-one clients online. Not all of them were keen. And so I reckon I probably retained 60% of them. I added in a lunchtime class every single day that all of them could turn up to for free. Um, and we did our one-to-one sessions and then they would come to as many classes as they want. So I I practiced all of the online stuff. I had group people. Um, the internet was rubbish, um, but, it, but it worked. Um, and then because the online stuff started to build, I was like, right, okay, well, Joe Wicks, um, Davina, they're all offering everything for free during lockdown. What is it that I'm doing differently? It's got to go full cancer focused. So that was it. I, t- I changed my whole website over kind of two or three days. All of my marketing was just focused on cancer. I still had clients that were non-cancer, but I was like, any new people coming in have got to just be people that um, need help. So um, I started to get inquiries from all over the UK to work online. Um, It went further afield. And so I was training people on a one-to-one basis. Um, The lockdown started to lift. So I went back to doing these one-to-ones. And as I started to evolve, I started to lose some of my um, non-cancer clients. Um, And then I took this brilliant course by a women's health physio in breast cancer rehab. So because I was working so closely with people with breast cancer, I wanted to specialize a bit more. That was amazing. And I think that was a big breakthrough for me. Created a whole course that I'd take 10 people through at a time across eight weeks. And we'd do one live session and give them some homework to do. I did that five times in a year and a half. And then all of those people were like, but we want to carry on, Sarah. And I was like, but what do I do now? So then I created this kind of club where people came and we did the same. We did a workout a week and then I gave them some homework and they went away, but it was more ongoing. And then it just kept getting bigger. And so I started looking and I was like, oh, I can make this like a membership or like people could come and I could make an app or something. Um, And so I I don't know how I did it, but I I made one. Um, I don't know how I did it. (laughs) I built this kind of template app. It's brilliant. You sign up, you get a membership. We run um, seven live classes a week in strength low impact hit so there's no like burpee related anything um and yoga I have a yoga instructor who does yoga for cancer um and alongside that I didn't feel confident enough offering nutritional advice so we've got a specialist cancer nutritionist and I also have a specialist uh oncology physio and so they all form part of this membership you play monthly or a six monthly um, chunk and you come along to as much or as little as you want there's a big community behind it um, and we all exercise together run two classes today um, and training people I've got a lady in Pakistan um, in Dubai all over the world that I train every week um, and the co- the breast cancer course I filmed all of it so that sits within that as well so people can go and do that within their own time as well that's brilliant lots of content I love I love the the big thing there for me is obviously what you're doing now is is fantastic but I think hearing how it evolved and and it is is it's fantastic you've at each point you know some people COVID hit and they panicked and you know didn't know what to do but you kind of thought well actually I'll trial this I'll do this and it's it's a yeah fantastic um growth and involvement of um of of what you do there and 
one thing you've mentioned a couple of times is that community element. So as um as someone that's been through cancer yourself and obviously someone who's working with um people going through it at the moment, how powerful is that community piece for for people? It's um well for me it's this is my rehab. <laughs> I love being able to talk quite openly about it. Um so often even five years on um, and I think other people just like turning up to a class and not having to say uh, you know when someone starts like has anyone got anything they need to tell me and you're like oh god how long have you got I know that everyone in that class I've got some brief information about them if they need to tell me anything else they will do but um, I I treat all of them as if kind of worst case scenario and make sure that they feel comfortable with all of the exercises that they're doing so that that community element of it you know it's it's a safe place and it's somewhere where they don't have to talk about cancer if they don't want to they're there to exercise but they just know that they're coming to exercise safely and then alongside that all of the discussion is to do with quite quite positive things um to do with cancer recovery things within your control things you can eat sports bras that you can buy um, we did a big talk on um, scar tissue massage, foods that are anti-inflammatory. So all of this information is helpful um, and it's meant to be kind of motivating um, and something that you can do something about. Because I think that was the biggest thing that I felt around cancer is that you lost control. They took charge of your body. They took charge of the treatment going into you and all of the other things happening. And the only thing that you could control were things like exercise and nutrition. And so that's those are the kind of elements that we've brought into the membership so that people can sit, come to one place and seek all of that advice from professionals, most of whom have had cancer themselves um, or at least have the specialist qualifications to support them. And what next? What next for what's what, what's the plan? You've already gone global. Uh, <laughs> you've already got a team of you know of specialists working in this amazing project and business. Where does it go? What's your ambitions? Where does it look like in the next five years without coining that? Where do you see yourself in five years' time? <laughs> I'm, I'm reevaluating the five year plan as we speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I never wanted this to be like a a peloton joe wick size thing it won't work like that because i know each and every one of my members i know something about them i could speak to them and understand them a little bit and i want that to stay i'd like the community to continue to grow a bit um and i want more people to be aware of of it being there because um it's helped so many people um and i i want people to be able to refer into it so so different services or different um organizations so gyms and online um fitness memberships to be able to take their members and offer that opportunity for them to come along be supported for a short amount of time if and, and or longer if they want to so that they and gain that knowledge that they need to go back out into mainstream exercise and feel safe and confident again in using equipment in the gym or joining exercise classes and knowing the things that they just need to be a bit more cautious of. Um, but having been with me and just being kind of nurtured and looked after for that short amount of time um, so that they can then fall back in love with exercise and join all of the other mainstream things that they want to do um, and they don't have to be labelled uh, a cancer patient. I think that, in essence, is the absolute reason why we do our job. 
in that if we can be that small cog for a very small period of time to then accelerate someone to go into mainstream fitness with growing confidence that they wouldn't have had without us helping them that is what we do and that's why we do it and mm. that's our why in a you know in a broad sense in that it's we love people to stay with us if we can completely optional we celebrate even more actually if people say do you know what that was great i enjoyed spending six weeks with you now i'm doing this and yeah. you almost didn't look back afterwards but no i think that's really really brilliantly put um did you have any questions for us because we're such you know we're, we're industry friends um did you have any questions for us I suppose I'd like to know your opinion on the awareness of um, the benefits of uh, exercise after a cancer diagnosis, because, I mean, a lot of the channels that I'm on are, uh, are very focused on cancer, so they are, you know, quite niche. So it'd be un it would be interesting to know from a more mainstream perspective if exercise professionals and general public are, are aware of the benefits um, that exercise can have. For cancer. I think I think Joe's chomping at the bit for this one. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think first comes first. I don't think there is enough awareness at all. Full stop. Um, but I guess to elaborate on that, I think part of um, part of my work alongside, I guess, delivering um, exercise for cancer patients is all around trying to increase um, awareness of the of exercise. To treat long-term conditions and that spans uh your healthcare professionals your doctors i don't think there's enough consultants having those conversations with patients um gps i don't know about you but it's like banging your head against a brick wall half the time trying to get gps to um again have those discussions and refer on to um services uh and then you know within hospital themselves it's there's some hospitals that have set up fantastic rehab and prehab services um but like with anything people are competing for money competing for funding but even if the services aren't available within the hospital within the gp practice within whatever care setting we need to have more conversations so people at least understand that exercise is safe and then if that sparks them doing a little bit more research and coming across people like yourself um, or adam or i then at least that gives them an opportunity to explore that further. So I think the short answer is so much more awareness is needed. Um, and it's something that we're all incredibly passionate about and um, something that hopefully we'll all continue to shout about for a long time to come. Um, but I think from like a clinical exercise physiology angle, there's, there's stuff is happening to try and get that message out there further. But um, I think there needs to probably be more um, collaboration between people working within the field as well as more collaboration between the different healthcare professions would be my opinion. Go on, Ads. What do you think? Uh, I'll probably look at it from a, a sort of a more like a global, a massive picture in that I reckon every single person as soon as they're diagnosed should be prescribed or navigated towards an exercise specialist pre post and during there's heavy 
very well backed, huge empirical research, peer reviewed. It's just facts that it helps you. But we go into this multifaceted commercial monster that makes it very difficult for it to happen. Now, for me, the first thing that is going to, and I mean like make us supersonic as a business and industry and professionals and whatever we want to call us is that we need to be recognized by insurance companies. And until that happens, well, frankly, we are only going to be working with people who are one, able to afford it, two, able to afford it, but also want and put a value on their own fitness and three, willing to take a jump on it. Unless that happens, we need to bypass that and say, we're going to open up to everybody who's got the insurance, which is fantastic. But actually, it gives the industry the credibility that we deserve. Mm -hmm. And I say that with passion because the, the, the amount of work you put into things, we are specialists, fact. We've chosen to be specialists. You've just talking about, you've spoken about your route to being a specialist. That is a unique area that we've chosen to get into, or specialist area, probably a better word, that we've chosen to get into. It needs to be recognized. And <clears throat> until that happens, we are going to be faced with two things. I think one thing, we're going to be faced with a too fewer people like yourself which means that the services are going to be too few because it's not easy to make this work not easy to make a living on it um and second point because of the and i know joe touched upon it with the we you know as an in as a clinical exercise industry physiology industry that's moving towards the guidelines and accreditation and stuff like that but there will be a, a varied professional standard. Mm. And with both of those things, we've got to be really careful because this is a prescriptive specialism that needs to be right and accurate and judged and reviewed and held accountable. And so a brilliant question. And I think for when we met five years ago to when Joe and I met, God, Jesus, probably about more than five years ago You've eight years ago nine years then. ago get <laughs> off um we're definitely more progressed we are yeah and i think great. that's you know i painted a doom and gloom picture we're way more progressed than we've ever been when i started in this industry definitely when i had less gray hair thanks joe um no one had a clue and they also didn't rate you they're just like oh you're just a personal trainer i mean no disrespect to personal trainers fantastic at trade but it was dismissed now yeah. it's not and it's it's we're getting so much more traction which is really exciting i believe that within the next two years it will be covered on insurance uh, and i, I think that the, it was one of the first things i did actually was phone up some of the private insurers and find out whether it was covered yeah and it yeah, sod it. I'm going to be really political on the podcast and the insurance company can either listen and call me up and complain or not. I had a conversation. I won't name the insurance company. They said openly, it's chronic. We can't deal with it. In other words, 
it doesn't make commercial sense to them to do it. That's absolutely the most frustrating conversation I've ever had in the many years I've worked in this industry. And I'm saying, oh, we, you know, we only deal with acute, an ankle sprain, an ACL repair. Fine. But why on earth aren't we dealing with all of it? Because sure enough, those insurance companies are profitable. <laughs> sure enough, they're probably seeing millions of pounds, yet billions of pounds of dividends at the end of the year. So there's definitely scope to do it. I do think that countries like your New Zealand's, your, your Australia's, your South Africa's of the world are proving that the model is sustainable. And I think it's going to change really quickly. What I think is super exciting, which is for any physiologist or cancer specialist, rehab specialist out there, we're ahead of the curve already. So when it does, the doors open, we're ready and we're going to do it and we're going to do it really, really well. So um, brilliant question. Did I answer it? Did we answer it? Okay. No, it's, it's exactly what I, I was going to kind of follow on with the insurance point. Um, I do think it, you're right. I don't want to be just training people who can afford to pay for it. Um, you know, the people, all people should have access to exercise. Um, and there, there are some charities out there. So I work for Future Dreams, the breast cancer charity. I do a weekly strength class for them online, which is um, it's a very small contribution or you can do it for free if if you don't want to pay. Um, and today I've also covered um, the Overcome uh, charity class as well for ovarian cancer. Um, so they though both those charities are running exercise classes every week, um, which I believe are, are either free or or with a small donation towards the charity. So you know there are things out there that you can find um but you're right this should be much more widely available um so that pe everyone can access it we'll keep pushing we'll keep pushing please do you, you, uh, circling back on you mentioned one of the key courses you did was um was regards to breast cancer and was led by a physiotherapist yeah give us an insight what was your what's your key take homes from that course and what's your, how do you go about creating an exercise prescription program for someone who has had breast cancer? So this course was run by a physiotherapist called Michelle Lyons, and she does a lot in um, women's health. Um, she created this amazing course that was really focused on the impact of different treatments on movement. And I think the biggest takeaway that I took from this was how complex breast cancer is as a disease and how many different combinations of factors can contribute to different ways of movement, to effects on mobility, um, joint pain, ongoing problems um, that have been driven by medical menopause or just kind of really deep menopause like menopause plus um, and she just applied a lot of her kind of physiotherapy knowledge and women's health knowledge to not only focus on anatomy to think about how this woman um, might be impacted in terms of her sleep and then how her sleep pattern might affect her movement and her energy levels, um, understanding how the pelvic floor is um, used and um, impacted by treatment 
and by menopause um breath work how important that is um not just during treatment but also after treatment you know as almost a form of stretching the rib cage expanding those intercostal muscles um and so it was a really rounded course that wasn't just a simple kind of this is a squat you know this is best for this it was there was so much more to it and it was brilliant I'm just doing her pelvic oncology one now which is everything from colorectal to um gyne so I'm really excited I just feel like I had a knowledge that was basic and I didn't feel I was quite equipped enough um to really push forward and make really personalized recommendations for specific cancers um and as soon as I did that breast cancer course I was like okay right breast cancer big mobility issues in the shoulders so my course focuses a lot on kind of the stretching and strengthening combination we talk a lot about core strength because people have reconstruction from their tummies and from their inner thighs how those extra elements then affect their movement strength training just the basics of it you know lots of people have never strength trained before I was one of those people so I've got a full introduction on how to do it and all you need is a broomstick so you know simple things like squats push pull deadlift you know hinging lunging simple movements um and then just building up with workouts that are different enjoyable but have a steady pace um, there's some quite interesting research coming around cancer rehab and linking it to cardiac rehab because some of the uh, chemotherapies are very cardiotoxic now. And so understanding where our roles fall and um, how much knowledge we need to have mm-hmm. um, across the board. So that's quite an interesting area that I'm starting to look into getting a bit more education in. I know myself, I had a cardiotoxic chemotherapy of the joys. So um, heart health becoming particularly important and then just making sure that we're keeping an eye on people who are are being treated with things like Herceptin or any kind of cardiotoxic chemotherapy. So um, my breast cancer course is quite rounded and it's progressive. And as I said, it starts with a broomstick, but you end with a really challenging workout. Um, And your change measure is, is based on what you want to achieve, but I try and get people to set that at the start and then track almost logging each week, how they're feeling based on that um, thing that they're trying to, to change or measure. Um, so yes, it's, it's, it's all created and there are people going through it within their own time and they can come and check in with me every couple of weeks. Um, but the aim is that, um, yeah, it's, it's there for you to use. And I've, I've kind of dropped the price as low as I can possibly go so that more and more people can access it. And how, how do people find this app? Uh, so, well, they come to my website first. It's um, getmeback.uk. Um, on there, you'll find all of the information, the membership options. So I talked about that monthly membership, um, which has got live classes, but then you can also just buy the course itself as a one-off payment. Um, and then on there, they've, there's uh, blogs, which are all free to access. Um, so everything from inflammatory foods to why you should work with a specialist trainer um, to scar tissue massage, all relating to cancer recovery. Um, that's the best place to start. And then once you join, you can download the app and that's where you can access all of the content on the go. I love it. I love it. And uh, guys, check it out. Yeah. Chuck us with any look. questions and let's just give more exposure to the right people. We'll make sure we 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 get that shared and we'll we'll set the link so people can click on it. So 
to round up, Sarah, you may have listened to some of the previous episodes and you may know what's coming. You might not know what's coming. Um, but just to finish off, what if you had to pick one music track that kind of epitomizes the work that you now do and the kind of energy behind that, what would it be? Oh, uh, that's, yeah, Destiny's Child, I'm a Survivor. Yes. Boom. <laughs> a brilliant one. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. Quick answer. You're like, yeah, I've got this. I know the answer. I thought I was going for something else, and then you and then you derided a bit, and I was like, no, no. Yeah, I saw you. <laughs> no, very good answer. Very good answer. But well, thank you so so much for speaking to us today. It's been um, one of my favourite podcast recordings today. Yeah. So um, yeah, really really enjoyed that, and I think there'll be so many people that will listen to that and um, and spark interest or it, and hopefully help some people as well. Thank I'm you so I'm me. so glad to have you on, and it's like I said, it's one of those where you go. God, first and foremost, how's it been that long? 2018 seems like yesterday, but it it should speak volumes to everybody who listens to this in not only how to set things up, but also how to potentially change everything in the light of diagnosis. And um, no, amazing and. Uh, Full circle, you've been my inspiration as well. So thank you very much. Thanks, Heather. Loved it. Boom. What a season opener. That's that's why we created this podcast. That is exactly that, why we created this podcast. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I I loved it. And it's not not only because there was that link and I'll be honest with you, sort of kept vicarious looking at it and seeing what but you know, you don't you don't know the detail of what the growth or anything like that has happened in that period. Um, but it is exactly why we do what we do. And yeah. I think it just epitomizes it. So I don't think we need to close anymore. It was just no. brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Share this Sarah. one, guys. Please get please it all share over. this. Spread this around everywhere possible because yeah, this has got us buzzing. Yeah. Have a good Bye. one. See you next week. Bye. Be the first to hear about our new episodes and find more information by following Exercise Right UK on Instagram, Facebook, 